Greetings, citizens of Earth. Welcome to Accelerative Thrust Podcast. I am Dan Orr, your host. Episode number three we've got. Um, I had a conversation with uh, Mr. Carl Bush, who, as I mentioned in the previous episodes, um, he is the one who uh, actually asked me to be a part of the Content Made Right group, the Transistor group. I just want to um, let everyone know that uh, this show is available for streaming currently on Spotify, as well as at accelerativethrust.transistor.fm and the Content Made Right, www.contentmaderight.com, where you can enjoy this show as well as many other shows such as the Breaking In podcast, Drinks and Discourse, I'm Super Stoked, Meteor City, and The Brood Awakenings. So today's show, um, I am talking to Carl Bush, and we discuss a lot of different things. Um, I've known Carl for quite some time now, and uh, we just kind of talk about the pandemic. We kind of talk a little bit about uh, the George Floyd, uh, incident and just kind of the, uh, civil unrest that's kind of going on in general in the country. And we talk a little bit about, um, actually a lot about, uh, our favorite music. And in particular, we go into a conversation about, um, politics and music and also, uh, our top five albums that we listened to in high school that still remain relevant to us today. So I'm not really going to ramble on too much um, uh, at the beginning of this episode. In fact, I'm pretty much done right now. Um, So that being said, uh, I hope you guys enjoy my conversation with Carl Bush. And after this, gotta go do some more work. So, yeah, how's work been going? Busy as fuck. Um, um, yeah. Have you guys now? You work at a at a brewery, right? Yeah, that's correct. Um, and uh, so, is it like what did you guys do during the um, whole like shutdown thing? Are you guys like open like uh, for sit down? Like, are people able to come in and everything? Yeah, I know they are. Um, ever since the weekend before Memorial Day weekend, so I think that was like the 15th of May, we opened back up for a sit-down. 50% capacity, uh, no more of groups of six. And then just last week, we can do groups of 10 now. So, so. How, what did you guys do during the, uh, during the shutdown? Uh, were you... Um... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, take out and to go. Oh, okay, gotcha. Just that. So uh, we've never we've never missed a day of business because of it, so. Cool. So, well, I'm glad to hear that you're uh, back up and running. How's it feel to be uh, 
back up and running. Uh, this whole thing has been weird, hasn't it? Yeah, it's super weird. Like, I don't even know. I just can't wait till like August and hopefully we'll have either either A will be open 100% or B will be shut down by 0%. And I'm not talking about us personally. I'm just talking about like the governor will sh- either open it all up or shut it all down. Well, and I mean, right now with everything that's going on in the world with, um, you know, uh, the, the stuff happening over the George Floyd killing and everything like mm-hmm. that, it's like, I, I don't see any other um, outcome than, I mean, if, if everything about this virus is true that the CDC and who have been telling us, I don't see any other outcome than us getting uh, higher numbers again, like in the next month or so. Oh, yeah. But oh, it's going to be crazy. Well, it's strange because I don't know what it's like where you live. Um, you live in Dubuque, right? Dubuque, Iowa. Yeah. Um, I don't yep. know what it's like over there, but in Muscatine, um, it's like our numbers, our deaths have been at a steady zero, as far as I know, for a few days now. But it kind of goes back uh, up and down a little bit. Like we haven't had anything over like four in probably at least a good week or week and a half. Uh, but I know the last two days it was zero. I think on Saturday it was four. The day before that, I think it was one okay. positive case. But like, like the numbers in Muscatine seem to be seem to be going down. W- what's it like in Dubuque? Do you know? I honestly I have no idea. I'm too busy working all the time sure. to look at numbers and know what they are. Unless I see someone posted on Facebook, but I actually don't have hardly any Dubuque friends on Facebook. So. Um, and I honestly, if they are friends with me, I work with them. So, I mean, yeah, I don't really have no idea. Sure. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I'm going to assume it's like, yeah, I'm going to assume it's still gaining, but, uh, not by much. Hey, can you hold on one second? I got to go put something back in my freezer. Just give me one second. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Sorry, I had to put ice cream away. Our cat, my cat, was trying to eat it while I'm talking to you. And... <laughs> what kind of ice cream was it? Uh, it's called Beecher's. It's from a local place here in town. And it's fucking dope. It's super good. It's really? like it's they make it in house. It's super creamy, not too sugary, but you know, just enough. Sure. Yeah. What flavor? Uh, cheesecake and strawberry. Oh yeah, so, that that sounds honestly, absolutely delightful. Uh, yeah, I honestly I like it better than Whitey's. Oh like, yeah, Whitey's wow. is too thick, but cool. Yeah, I actually the other day I just tried one of those. Uh, the uh, you know how Dairy Queen has their summer blizzards. Okay, yeah, yeah. I just tried a, an Oreo cheesecake blizzard the other day. Yeah, how, uh, yeah. How was that? Well, do you remember the Scooter Crunch bars? Did you ever eat those growing up? Fuck, dude, I don't remember. <laughs> dude, like, they're like these... I've, I've killed... I've killed. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go on, Carl. I was going to say, I've killed a lot of brain cells since uh, my musketeer days, so... Oh, yeah, I, I totally understand. The Scooter Crunch Bars were like... 
Uh, do you know the strawberry, those strawberry crunch ice cream bars that they sell? That's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. the scooter crunch are like those, but they're they're made with chocolate instead of strawberry. Okay. And that's exactly what the cheesecake blizzard. It reminded me of that in a cup. It was absolutely fantastic, and I really don't like Dairy Queen that much. I usually don't go crazy over their blizzards, but that blizzard was dope. Right. Maybe it was somebody who like made it that day. I, I don't really know. I, I don't really eat a lot of ice cream these days, but you know, when I do, I usually go all out like that shit. You know. <laughs> right. Yeah. My wife. My wife loves ice cream after every fucking meal. Dude, what I'm in the mood for? It's either ice cream or fucking chocolate. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Oh man. Yeah, dude. Like, hey, you know, ice cream. It's one of those things for me where it's like. I have to be in the mood for it. It's never really been my dessert. If I'm going to have dessert, it's never been my dessert of choice. I usually prefer like baked goods, like cho- like a, like I, I love a good mm-hmm. chocolate chip cookie, you know? Like, yeah. Something yeah, along I, I'd rather drink my beer. <laughs> drink. Uh, so that's what your dessert is, huh? My, my, that's my dessert of choice is a beer or something or a cocktail. Sure. Hey, you know, Whatever. Do you like the dessert, like dessert cocktails, like sweeter cocktails? Like, you know, like I'm thinking I'm not an expert in cocktails, but like, and I don't know if it's considered a cocktail, but I know a lot of people go crazy over like the mudslide, for instance, and things like that. Uh, Those are probably a little too sweet for me. I'm like talking like a white Russian or just straight up like an old fashioned. Even though I know old fashioned is not considered a dessert cocktail, but that's like a good nightcap, you know? Sure, sure. Cool, cool. So, uh, we are going to talk about political music, uh, politics and music. Yeah, you know, like Rage. Yeah, yeah, yeah Rage, yeah. Rage Against the Machine. And uh, and then you also wanted to talk a little bit about the movie industry, like the current state of the movie, the cinema industry, and things like that. Yeah, exactly, because I think it's fucking fascinating. Yeah, I think it's f- f- fascinating. It is. It's 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 interesting. I'm not. A, I'm definitely not a movie expert at all. Uh, but uh, what's your take on the current state of the movie industry? It's fucked up right now. <laughs> you know. Are we recording? Are you recording? Yeah. Right yep. Now? Yes, I am recording right now. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, I probably I should have. I probably <laughs> should have warned you about that. I uh, the way I do this. Uh, um, the the way I do this podcast is I just fucking click record as soon as I get somebody on the phone, and you know if I have to edit, I'll edit. But you know, like generally, as you could probably tell if you've listened to the first couple of uh, any of the first couple of episode uh, couple of episodes, I, I just keep it pretty raw and uncut. No, yeah, that's the best, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the movie industry is pretty fucked right now, obviously, right? I mean, yeah. when's the last time a movie's premiered at a movie theater? Uh, 80 days almost ago, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we're supposed to be, let's see, we're, I mean, this is technically right now, Memorial Day weekend is the start of blockbuster movies is that it's usually the first weekend they consider when black movie blockbuster movies are supposed to be coming out and we are not going to get any of those this year i don't think um i think like ghostbusters uh the second wonder woman movie 
Uh, let's see here. Blockbuster movies, 2020. Uh, let's see. There's other ones that I can't think of right now, but uh, they're all going to get delayed. They're all going to be pushed back to next year. Um, and so those are all on hold. They'll still make a killing. But the crazy thing is all these movies that they're supposed to be filming this year right now, they're not, right? So all these movies that are supposed to come out next year are going to have it probably at least two or three more years behind it because now things are going to change, right? Like uh, funding for it's going to change, uh, actors' uh, availability are going to change, directors' availability are going to change. So it's actually throwing a huge wrench, I think, in how this is all going to um, play out. But then I also say, like AMC, uh, the movie theater company, there have been talks of that they could go under because of this. And that would be crazy if one of the biggest movie theaters in the United States closed the shop. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I've never even thought about that because I've been paying attention to the music industry and how it's been how like the whole um, pandemic has been affecting the music industry. And one of the things that I never really thought about until just now, actually, and correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, other than like Netflix, uh, with like spot, with like the music industry, you have all these streaming platforms like Spotify where, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's not necessarily much, uh, when, when you think about like one single stream, uh, uh, from like a song to like an independent artist, like for example, if you or I uploaded something to Spotify, we wouldn't make that much. But of course an artist, like, I don't know, you, uh, we mentioned, um, rage against the machine, for instance, they're gonna, there's, they're still going to make a killing. Uh, but artists are still able to make money off of a streaming platform whether it's Spotify, whether it's SoundCloud, whether it's even YouTube, uh, to a certain extent, mm-hmm. uh, is there anything that exists like that in the movie industry other than like, I mean, obviously like Netflix, Hulu, they're all streaming platforms, but like, I mean, do you, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I think the answer to that is it's whatever the contract that the movie industry like uh uh century fox or whatever like that whatever uh i can't even think of a movie company right now Mm -hmm. uh movie companies uh so what you know you got one of the bigger guys uh like warner brothers walt is or uh 20th century fox let's take them for example right right 20th century fox from this is again this is what i've heard i'm not 100 true on it but this is i don't know how any of this is gonna work 20th century fox signs a contract with Netflix saying you get access to these movies for this amount of time and you are going to pay us this much amount of money to have to be able to stream those movies on your platform. So 20th Century Fox is making money because Netflix is paying them to be able to provide those movies. Then there's probably stipulation saying, you know, is this contract so only, only... this movie can be played on this platform, and if they probably do, that means probably Netflix would have to pay more amount, more money, you know, to get that exclusive exclusive rights. Okay. To it, does gotcha. that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. But and uh, so, yes. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say. So that's how they're making money 
is that, and that's just 20th Century Fox, right? Like the the president, the CEO, and the board members. The actors and the crew, they're all getting paid from 20th Century Fox when they made when they made the movie last year, two years ago, or you know. So they don't. I doubt that they see any of that money from like a Netflix deal or a Hulu deal or a you know Amazon Prime deal, unless. Unless it's got, unless it's a main actor, you know, someone maybe like a Tom Cruise or a Tom Hanks, you know, or a big director like you know Christopher Nolan, where they own a piece of that movie for the rest of life. I don't think that really happens that much, but you never know with some of those big wigs. Okay, yeah, then that was going to be my question. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and then an- another thing that I see is there's a lot of actors like Adam Sandler, for instance. He puts a lot of he, he he directs movies and he has a lot of contracts with Netflix and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. that's that, that's interesting. Um, do you? I mean, so this is specifically because of the pandemic that we're not getting a lot of these blockbusters. Do you know what the blockbuster movie list was supposed to be like this summer? Uh, what what were the big uh, ones that people yeah, were looking like, for? Uh, like I said, the Ghostbusters one was probably the one I was the most uh, excited for. You know, oh, that was that was um, Ghostbusters three. Did you ever you? see a trailer for that? No, I never did. But that's with the original. Yeah, cast, Ghostbusters. Right? Yep. Uh, yeah. So basically, it's in the same timeline as one and two, mm-hmm. and uh, basically, it's like I think the grandkids of the original Ghostbusters was going to be it. You know, that was them, and then you know the history of all that. So. It had one of the kid, the main kid from uh, uh, Stranger Things, is in it. He's the main actor. Oh, okay. Uh, and okay. then uh, the kid with the longer hair. I don't know their names. <laughs> yeah, but, I, uh, I, I don't know their. I know yeah. one of them is Finn Wolfhard or something like that. But that's that's the only one that I know mm-hmm. of. I think that's the one with the longer hair. Actually, right. is uh, Finn Wolfhard? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It, yeah. It would yeah, make yeah. it makes total sense that they're gonna yeah. actually have the you know some of the cast from Stranger Things in a movie like Ghostbusters. Oh, of course, you know, and plus he's super popular. Stranger Things is super popular, so how do you get people to movie theater mm-hmm. get the popular kids that are on different platforms? You know, uh, I know the movie uh, Tenant is supposed to come out with Christopher Nolan. It's his next big, best project. Uh, that looks pretty like you know like an Inception type movie. Uh, Mulan, the Disney movie is supposed to come out in July. Uh, SpongeBob's supposed to come out in August. Wonder Woman, August. Uh, let's see, Bill and Ted, this was come out in August. I just saw that trailer. Uh, you know, obviously some of these play- movies. Yeah, what'd you think of it? I I thought it looked interesting. Uh, um, I uh, I'm not sure. It looked to me. I mean, it's hard to judge uh, a movie by its trailer, but it kind of looked to me like it was. Uh, uh, I, I kind of saw a little bit too much of like Keanu Reeves and, um, oh geez, I feel like such a moron here. What's the other actor's name? Alex? No, did I, uh, yeah, something. Dude, I can't, maybe. I can't think of his name. I think it's Alex something, isn't it? Um, forgive, yeah, for, so. forgive me everybody. I, I can't remember the actor's name worth shit right now. Alex Winter. Alex Winter. That's it. Alex yeah. Winter. Alex Winter. Uh, but anyway, yeah. it looked to me like it was almost like they were trying, like it almost, <laughs> it almost came off as like a, 
a couple of old guys uh, doing a parody of like Bill and Ted. Like, uh, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like it kind of just seemed like, like the way Keanu Reeves was talking, it just, it didn't have that natural, like dude, you know, party, you know, that sort of, that they had when the movies were being made. Uh, bogus journey and excellent adventure that being said uh it looked like it it looked like it would be a fun movie yeah i I was going with it super low expectations i'm just there to have fun you know um but i get what you're saying i mean it's kind of hard for i would you know to play a character that you haven't played in what 25 years or some shit you know it's gotta be super hard to keep in that you know kind of remember how you did because i mean obviously you know, Keanu's had a blockbuster career. <laughs> you know, he's he's he is now an action star. Yeah, it's um, like it's like I mean, you, yeah, it, I, it's it's very very it's got to be very difficult to go from Bill and Ted, which you know, correct me if I'm wrong, that was basically his first, at least his first major role, wasn't it? Uh, either that or Planned Parenthood. Okay, yeah. Uh, not Planned Parenthood. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, no, I can't. I can't think of it right. No, uh, it's not Planned Parenthood. It's it's a it's a movie with it's got a bunch. Oh, Parenthood. And yes, you're right. Bill and Ted was '89. Parenthood was '89 too. So Parenthood was a movie with uh, uh, Steve Martin, Keanu Reeves. Reeves. Keanu Reeves was uh, in that. Yeah, he was the boyfriend. Of the girl and Joaquin Phoenix was the younger brother was that uh, was hiding porn in his room and Keanu Reeves was like the dipshit boyfriend that uh, liked to get in a car wrecks and shit like that. But uh, and then also uh, Rick Moranis is in it. But anyways, I don't know. It's a fun movie. Just you know, families and how fucked up your problems are in life. So, but yeah, Bill uh, Keanu Reeves was in that. Yeah, that's. But yeah, you are right. Uh, Bill and Ted looks like that's his first major thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, so, yeah, it's gotta be difficult when you have a career like, uh, Keanu Reeves, like you were saying, I mean, we're talking about the same guy who from Bill and Ted, he did things like point break and speed and, and, uh, the matrix. I mean, he mm-hmm. was in the matrix for God's sakes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, and yeah, yeah. like, like you said, he's it's... an action star. It's like, he's, uh, what else? Jo- John wick. I mean, he's done all these other like roles yeah. that, have nothing to do with they distanced themselves from like Bill and Ted so much uh, that it's like you, mm-hmm. you see Keanu Reeves in the in Bill and Ted. It's like a completely different actor at this point. Right, exactly. It's like man, that is the same guy. But you know, I mean, I think some people give him a shit, but you know, he does his job. He's really good at it, and I think he's taking this whole. Keanu Reeves persona like he's just running with it and he's doing such a good job with it you know um there's a movie that let's see I'm looking up I'm, uh always be always be my maybe uh it's uh, a movie where these two kids used to be in love they first had sex and then they went and had separate lives for like 20 plus years and they meet each other again uh and she's a professional chef and he works for his dad's like heating and cooling company and they get back together and he's or she's dating Keanu Keanu Reeves like the actual Keanu Reeves and he's just overplaying his character it's so fucking great 
he's like just not taking himself seriously. It's pretty fantastic. Wow, I, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, yeah. So um, no, it's 2019, but yeah. Oh, okay, so it's not that old. Gotcha. No, it's yeah. I think it's a Netflix movie or. Um, you ever see the uh, uh, the TV show Straight Out of the Boat or Straight Off the Boat? No, I haven't. Or did you see the movie The Interview with uh, yes. Seth Rogen and uh, Seth Rogen and um, uh, what's that? Yeah, yeah, Seth Rogen and James Franco. James Franco. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I did see that one. Okay, the guy who played the Korean uh, leader, uh, whatever his name is. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, Kim Jong-un. He's the guy that stars in the movie. In this, Yeah, he's the guy that stars in this uh, movie, Always Be My Maybe. So okay. he's the main actor in it. So. Okay. But yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. But, I, I may have to... Yeah. So, But yeah, anyways, going back, that's... Yeah, it's fun. It's hilarious. It's pretty fun. Cool. But, I may have to look that up. Yeah, I don't know. Like, with that, it's the kind of... Yeah, but going back to like the whole movie thing is, is, you know, how much movie, and I'm not crying for them, I'm not like, oh man, it sucks to be them, but it is interesting to think, how much money do you think these movie companies are losing this year, right, they have all this money invested in all these movies, and they are not seeing a single dime. No, yeah, it, it, it They're is They're not going to see a single dime return. Yeah, when you think about it, like, they've got to be taking a huge hit. Compared to like what they what they have in the past for sure. I mean, that, oh yeah, it, it's exactly. have theaters have movie theaters even opened up like across the country? Mm-hmm. I mean, I I'm gonna say no because yeah, I don't think so. I think that's gonna be one of the last ones because you're sitting next to someone, a stranger, for fucking two hours, you know, <laughs> so. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, I, I mean... I think that's going to be one of the last things. Yeah, but I mean, it's like, at, at the same time, like, I mean, they're actually talking already about opening up, you know, some concerts, and uh, I know that they canceled 4th of July, yeah. all 4th of July activities here. Um, it's kind yeah. of, it's weird, some of the stuff that they are, like, allowing to be open, uh, but then they're... You know, other does it make sense? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's kind of like, well, I mean, I, you know, you could even, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, yeah, it's just, it is weird. It doesn't make any sense. Like some of the stuff is like, it, it's like you would think that that's the stuff that you'd want to be closed, and then some of the other stuff is like that they that they're having closed is like, well, if this other if if this other thing isn't open, why is this thing? not allowed to be open you know you get what i'm saying or right if this other thing i'm sorry i said it wrong if this other thing is allowed to be open why isn't this thing allowed to be open it just it doesn't make any sense yeah (laughs) at all yeah if i can go to a bar yeah you can go to bars right now and now you can stand next to people like yeah so oh i get it. it it's there's no rhyme and reason i mean but well i don't know i guess i guess if i guess if they just opened everything up right away it would look irresponsible maybe i don't yeah i don't know but i guess that like the uh world health organization the who i guess today there was an article that they're now saying that um this whole thing about asymptomatic people spreading the virus to other people is actually rare like that actually 
doesn't seem to be the case now. And so if that's the case, then does that mean that masks were never doing any good to begin with? I mean, like, cause that's, that was the whole reason why they were telling people to wear a mask if they went out in public to get groceries or something is because, well, yeah, you could be asymptomatic and carry it. But if you don't wear a mask, then you run the risk of spreading it to um, somebody who is high risk or somebody who has, you know, like a, not to get into the, to the COVID conversation, but it is interesting to me that it's happening and it, it, what a coincidence that it's happening, and I hate to be this guy, but it's happening at the same time that people are protesting in the fucking streets, like in these big cities. <laughs> you know? That's why this is this is that's why this has been planned for four years. What the uh, COVID? No, dude, I'm just fucking with you. All oh, okay. Stuff, I was gonna. I was gonna say people. <laughs> Uh, yeah, dude, I'm not a conspiracy person, but it is it is fun to think about it, right? Like, just like, what if if two motherfuckers were sitting in a room, like, listen, Frank, I got this crazy idea of how we could fucking get things kind of back to normal in this world. It all starts with China. Well, you know? <laughs> do you think do you think but, that if if let's just say that that's true, let's say that that's 100 percent what's going down, and I'm like you, I don't. Mm -hmm. I've read a lot of this stuff and it's really, it's sort of like one of those things where like, I, I'm, I'm like you, I try to think about it in my head. Like, well, if this is true, why would they want to do this? Like mm -hmm. what, what good would a couple of like rich guys, they have all the money in the world right now. Well, what good would they do? Uh, do you think it, it, it would be for them to, do you think that their thought process would be, let's get everything back to normal or do you think that it would actually be population control like a lot of those conspiracy theorists uh theorize i say population control because then if you control the, if you control the population then you're also controlling what they're buying what they're spending how what they're doing i mean it's just like any of those movies that you see you know like Ready Player One or any of the other like futuristic movies where they talk about things are just out of hand and one bigger corp, one big corporation's running it all. You know, I mean, because those guys who are filthy rich now, they want more, right? Mm -hmm. They're never happy, right? Because yeah. if you've got all the money in the world, what else is there to have? You have power then. Yeah, yeah, and That's yeah. what they want. Yeah, and I do want to say one thing too. I mean, that's what I think about it. Yeah, no, that, that is a really, really good point. And I do want to say one thing too. Like I also, uh, just to be clear, I've seen a lot of the footage of the protesters and I also see that a lot of them are wearing masks and taking the, what is yeah. supposed or not taking the COVID-19 precautions, you know, like, so I, I do see that. I think so it's not like everybody yeah. is out there not wearing a mask and not social distancing. Most, I think most of the protesters are probably uh, doing it safely. I think that the media likes to really uh, drive fear into the minds of us Americans and show like the, the uh, destructive part of what's going down. Yeah, no, I agree with that. But I also think half the reason why they're all wearing masks is because they're covering up their face so in case someone takes their picture they're not going to get prosecuted for doing possibly something illegal too. Well, so it's actually it's doing two things, right? It's 
the COVID and it's helping protecting their identity. Yeah, yeah, and that's true because that's true. A lot of them, even before COVID, when all of the other like protests were going on, they were doing the same thing. A lot of them. That's true. That's Mm -hmm. a good point. So, right. Did you ever hear? um, Yeah, it's it's crazy. Did you ever hear the um, like uh, any of the uh, conspiracy theories? uh, Since we're kind of talking about conspiracy theories a little bit. Um, did you, did you ever hear any of the, uh, like, uh, conspiracy theories that some of those movies, like what you were talking about, actually, like ready player one actually had like, um, you know, uh, uh, predictions, like they were actually predicting, like it was like predictive programming is what they call it. Have you ever heard anything about that? I've heard something like that, you know, where they are running like crazy, what is a test? Not test, but uh, what do you call it when you run simulations, right? Yes. And then they just kind of like go with it. But I haven't really dived too deep down those rabbit holes because I dive deep in rabbit holes already. And to put something else in there on my plate is pretty crazy. But yes, no, I've heard yeah. of like that's how they get those ideas. Because yeah, no, it's it's kind of crazy. There's actually some theories that like. Uh, you know, like Back to the Future predicted like, you know, 9-11 and Back to the Future, uh, you know, predict, you know, because there was that whole thing where like, what was it? What was it that uh, the year that Marty McFly set the the um, the the time to when he traveled ahead? And that was the year that uh, what was it? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? It was uh, was it the Cubs. Cubs won the World Series. Yes. Um, and also, uh, Biff was actually based apparently on Donald Trump. Uh, really? Yeah, no. And uh, like that, I like it started kind of from what I hear in the conspiracy circles is like, well, you know, uh, back to the future predicted like Trump's presidency, but then like, I guess like if you actually like go and look up back to the future, the director actually says, no, no, he actually was based on Donald Trump, like, at the time, you know? So, you know, right. like, the whole, he was like, Donald Trump was actually like a, um, like a blueprint for the character Biff. And, you know, it's it's interesting He's, because... That's crazy. Yeah, no, it is crazy. And then also, like, the Simpsons and, you know, like... Uh, um, yeah, dude, the Simpsons shit, the Simpsons is crazy. Like, how many did they get right, you know? Yeah. Like, how many have they, like, gotten spot on? Well, I mean, they actually, they actually did. It's like, there actually was an episode where Trump, like, was it Lisa woke up in the future and it was like a nightmare and Trump was like mm-hmm. president, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. it's insane. Yeah, dude. It's even the shots. It's even like the shot for shot, like the thing, you know, going up the escalator, waving his hand and certain people at certain places. And it's like, almost looks spot on. It's like. Yeah. What motherfucker knows time travel and got on the Simpsons fucking writing crew, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. No, it's it, it's insane. I still would argue, though, that the golden years of the Simpsons, what was it, like seasons one through like maybe eight? Maybe season one, not so much, but yeah. definitely between like seasons two and like eight are still probably hold up as some of the best moments on television ever. I mean... Uh, dude, that was such a, I mean, I don't remember like episodes too much anymore because I haven't watched the show for so long, but yeah, I just remember growing up and 
how controversial that show was. I remember my parents, my mom did not want me fucking watching that show at all, or, you know, me and my brothers. Yeah, but yeah. we somehow found a way. Oh, dude, so insane. It's it's crazy to think about what parents were concerned about back then compared to, like, what kids are exposed to today. Like, you know, because back then it was, like, the worst thing that my parents were really worried about was, like, music that had a parental advisory sticker. And it's, mm-hmm. like... Basically, like, you know, today, I mean, that stuff just seems so tame compared to a lot of the stuff that kids are exposed. Even, like, the stuff in the video games. Like, we didn't have Grand Theft Auto when we were growing up, really, you know? No. The closest thing to that type of game I could think of growing up was uh, Leisure Suit Larry. I don't play that game. No, what leisure suit? No, what system was this on? Larry, what system was that on? Computer, leisure suit. Larry, basic. (laughs) That is a that is a hilarious name. (laughs) Oh yeah, you just go back and look at the fucking the 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 images on the fucking the um. The covers of the games and shit like that, but it was hilarious. Like I don't remember specifically, but basically, it was just this creepy guy that's got to go around and run businesses and stuff like that. I can remember. I don't fully remember, but yeah, I just remember that was like the first, a first adult themed game I could remember. That's crazy. I do not remember that at all, but I like that name. That's that's insane. That sounds like yeah, some yeah, sort of right? like nerd rapper or something. Like I'm a Leisure Suit Larry. <laughs> like, all right. That's insane. Yeah, that'd be kind of like a good name for like a like a like a rapper or a band like like a, the Tony Danza Experiment or like that, right? Yeah, yeah, something something along those lines, man. That, that's insane. I'm gonna have to Google. So you want to? Yeah, dude, just look it up after this. It's fucking hilarious. I'll have but uh, uh, so you want to hear my uh, crazy conspiracy theory about the coronavirus? Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's hear it. Let's hear this it. This is like. This is uncensored. Okay. This is coming. So this is coming to you from the vault, yeah. from Carl Bush's vault, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Let's hear so, it. Bring it to me. You, okay. We're kind of talking about how how movies and stuff have been dictated and stuff like that. So, you know the movie Interstellar, right? You've seen it. Oh, uh, I haven't seen it, but I know of it. Right. Okay. So, do you understand the concept of how they explain time and time tra- and uh, how time evolves when you travel further away from Earth. Do you understand how that notion works? Uh, not really. Can no. you enlighten me? I mean, uh, or okay, maybe so, I've had it explained yeah, to yeah, me, so, but I don't remember. Right. So basically, the entire movie, whatever, they're trying to find new land. Well, they got to go millions of light years away to try to go find new places to live, right? Mm-hmm. And so the thought process is, is... When you're in space and you're in different, basically either a atmospheres or universes, time moves differently. And the further you get away from the start of time, which is let's just say Earth, the time either goes a faster or slower. Okay. So All if right. you're at one spot, like let's, yeah. So let's say you and I are sitting in a shit together, we're millions of miles away. 
while time on Earth is, even though we maybe spend an hour where we're at, time on Earth maybe it was like five years, right? Gotcha, because just gotcha. the way time works like that. Uh huh. Uh huh. So okay, so this is that's that's the concept, or that's you got that's the outer lining of my conspiracy theories. How that works. So just keep that in mind, okay? okay? So you've seen, have you seen Avengers, like the newest Avengers, like Endgame and. Uh, and uh infinity war dude you're gonna hate me but no i have not the last marvel movie uh, that okay. I, the last marvel movie that <laughs> i actually watched i think was maybe um oh geez it was a few years ago dude i have not i'm horrible about following marvel um i think no, the, i think the last one might have been I mean, like I... might have been dr strange or something like that okay Okay, so Thanos, right? The the main bad guy that the, the whole MCU universe is built around, right? Sure, main yes, villain, yes. The guy that wants yep. like ultimate power. Yes. And he's get, gathering all the Infinity Stones and all that other shit, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, anyways, in the last two Avengers, sorry, but I guess spoiler, but I don't fucking care because you've had enough time to go watch it on your own. Yeah, so, yeah, no, anyways, no, no, spoil it, spoil uh, it for me all you want because uh, <laughs> I will, I'll get around to watching it and I'll probably forget that you spoiled it for me anyway. So, right. So in the first in Infinity War, uh, basically his whole purpose in getting all the Infinity Stones is he wants the universe to adjust itself and get back to things he sees he's, he his thought process is there's too many mouths to feed these worlds can can't handle the population sizes of basically what every planet is producing and basically everyone and everything is destroying the entire universe or the entire existence of anything and everything right sure so his thing is i'm going to collect all of the infinity stones and i'm going to kill half of everything half half of every living creature is going to be snapped away in existence. And so basically I'm resetting the entire existence of anything and everything. Right. So anyways, he does that. And, you know, I mean, that kind of makes sense. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is my theory. Take those two theories and smash them together. So basically we are getting Thanos right now. Some thing Millions and millions light years away, snap their fingers, and they're making everyone half die. But we're just finally seeing the start of it, because we're so far away that we're finally seeing the slow roll of it, and that's what the corona is, right? Because it's just killing a bunch of people, because... Did you see, like, all the, the photos and the videos of, like, all these lakes and mountains? Everything looks crystal clear because no one's doing anything, right? Like, the Earth's getting fixed because... People are, are dying and people aren't doing anything anymore. Mm-hmm. But if you go do something, you have a chance of dying. Mm-hmm. So it's basically you kind of see it existence, right? Like, again, this is just not I don't really believe this is just kind of a joke, but kind of like kind of funny too in the same existence that it's the world is basically trying to kill us, I think. Right. The world's so pissed off at us humans that it's trying to figure out how do we destroy the thing that is, you know, it's, it's like it's, it's last ditch effort to get rid of us. So anyways, that's my dumb conspiracy theory that this it's interstellar and Avengers put together because the world wants to kill us half off because we're fucking it all up. Based basically. on based on a couple of a couple of movies. You know, it doesn't based sound movies. it right. doesn't sound that crazy when you actually think about <laughs> it's interesting because I've actually had this conversation with a bunch of people. If you look at human beings 
just look at human beings and our place on this planet. And it does seem like we are disruptors of nature. Like we, we are out of place with, every, with everything else. We're out of place with everything else because everything else has, seems to have a method to whatever madness, for example, uh, you know, you could take like, um, spiders, like the black widow, the female black widow eats the male black widow, but there's a reason for that. You know what I mean? There's actually like a method to that madness. Um, you know, everything else exists in nature and here we are this these weird beings that we work jobs we build houses we make music and then we're also like we present ourselves as like the sole controller of the universe in a way you know what i mean we present ourselves as like we're here this is our shit we're gonna run it and it's like so maybe like uh, it, it, you know, your theory could be also sort of like, um, yeah, the earth is pissed off. Mother nature has had enough because we've been polluting mother nature. Mm-hmm. We've been fighting mother nature. So mother, uh, mother nature is just saying, you motherfucker, you're going to pay now. <laughs> right. And like, maybe this is, what... yeah, I mean, we're the, I... oh, I was just going to say, you maybe, fight. maybe this is, um, Maybe this is sort of what was building up with all of the natural disasters that have happened in all all these years that have killed tons of people off. It's like maybe eventually it was just bound to happen. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, as far as I know, again, I'm not like super knowledgeable about all animals and all human or not human, I'm sorry, living organisms, but... I am pretty sure, like, we're about the only race, not race, but, uh, uh, I don't know, living existence that, like, does things out of not necessi- necessary, right? Yeah, like, we yeah. Do things we don't need to obviously That's, do. We, like, we, we that, don't need to build 100-story fucking buildings to better our lives. We don't need to do that, right? No elephants, giraffes, fish, they're not doing those things. They're just doing the necessary things to live. And not only that, they're also contributing to the earth. Look at bees, for instance. What do we, what do you get from bees? You right. get honey. So they're actually providing, you know, food, right. nourishment. You know what I mean? Um, and it's right. it's it's right. it's nature with everything else. With us, like we're the most unnatural thing. We're like out of order. Like, oh, it, yeah. it's so weird. Yeah. yeah. Like like you were saying, like we're the only ones that build things and we also seem to be the only ones that satisfy that try to satisfy our needs with like things like money you know and we speak Mm -hmm. this we speak different languages um we're also if you think about it uh you could take like spiders for instance gotta hate fucking spiders but um (laughs) spiders for instance though There's different species of spiders, but they all look exactly the fucking same, each species. Like, you could take, like, a black widow. Every black widow looks exactly identical to each. You know, there's no difference. Every, like, uh, fucking, um, you know, uh, what's that fucking horrifying one? The brown recluse or whatever. Every single one looks the fucking same. You see it, and you can say it's a brown recluse. With human beings, 
like every human being is literally different from one another. You know, like it's just it's right. so weird when you actually like think about it in in those terms. You think about human beings uh, in those terms. It's so fucking weird. You know. Uh, yeah, it's crazy, man. We're like, tor- we we're, are we okay. are a unique. Yeah, yeah, we are unique. That's for sure. Fucking Jesus, man. Like, I don't know. It's crazy. I mean, who knows, right? Like, who knows how much longer the human race <laughs> has on this earth, you know? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, up. it's... I, there, there's a part of Whatever. me... That, there's a part of me that almost says, like, fuck, you know? Like, the way that we're acting, you know? Like, we're acting like we are the most mm-hmm. important fucking thing on this earth. And the way we're acting towards each other, like, it's almost like, geez, bring on the fucking apocalypse. Like, I hate to say it, but there's yeah. there's a part of me where it's like, maybe it's time for us just to fucking exit. But then, then there's that other side of me where, like, you know, I really do want, like, mankind, I do really, I really do want us all to get along one day, you know? But right. definitely not happening I wonder now. if this is what people were thinking... Yeah, yeah, for sure. I wonder if this is what people were thinking, like, during, like, I don't know, World War Two, World War One. you know, they're like, what the fuck is going on? Is this world coming to an end? You know what I'm saying? Like, because those are pretty huge events that no one really ever saw before. I mean, I guess you could have saw World War One and Two, but... Well, think about, like, what, think about what, what think about what had to have been going through people's minds during the first civil war on American soil, you know? Well, I shouldn't say first. Oh, my God. I shouldn't, yeah. say, I shouldn't say first civil war. Civil war on American soil, but, jeez, right. it seems like we're literally, like, two steps behind a fucking civil war right now, again, in America. Um, yeah. And, you know, if those cops, can you imagine what's going to happen if those cops get off? on charges like that's 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 it would be yeah how are they got like i I, what i'm about to say is not defending them it's just it's just just talking right Right. so how are they going to get a fair trial right because like when you get a jury right isn't a jury supposed to be like really have no idea what the premise of what's going on right like you're supposed to try to find people that have no idea about the situation and because so they weren't biased already, they don't already have, they don't already have like a preconception of what's going on. How are you going to find 12 people that have zero idea with who these four people are? That's very true. That's it's, it's going to be impossible. And you know what, in a way that, that that's a blessing and a curse because in this situation, like, I'm glad that that question right. it doesn't have an ans- an easy answer. You know what I mean? Like, in this situation, right. I'm glad. But there's so many other situations that it's been proven where somebody catches something on video, but it's only, like, what they want other people to see. And there's actually, mm-hmm. like, a history to that video. And so... Yeah, no, social media has kind of 
I, I don't think, I mean, I think it's going to be impossible at this point for them to have a fair jury. I don't, I mean, I, I, I do not see them getting off unless it's, unless it's pure corruption, like 100% pure right. cops protecting cops. Like, and if that happens, think right. about what happened with Rodney King. Uh, I'd be fucking... Dude, we... Uh, it'd be 20 times worse, man. We do... A hundred times worse. We don't stand a chance. Nobody. Like, regardless... No. There's not no. going to be a city... There's not going to be a city fucking standing, like, after that shit. And no. I really hope that... No. Yeah. <laughs> I really hope that uh, the... <laughs> the Minneapolis police understand that and the judge understands that, that yeah, there's, there's going to be like real fucking, um, civil unrest. Like this, this stuff that's happening right now is going to be mere child's play if that fucking happens. And that's, yeah, that's, that's oh, insane yeah. to think about, you know, cause yeah. we're, we're I mean, all, this will probably be, the, yeah, for sure. Sorry. No, no, that's okay. Go on, Carl. But yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, uh, this is gonna. Whenever the trial is, it's probably gonna be another year, right, before a trial is even like starting. Yeah. But it's this is gonna be like oh, the O.J. Simpson trial, right? Like, do you remember that? Like, I remember because it was like I'm pretty sure it was during the summertime because I was able to watch it every day. I would sit there and watch. I had no idea about how trials worked and how you know anything worked but you were just consumed by it because it was the the biggest storyline you could ever think of happened then but now when this trial happens dude the views on it are going to be insane yeah you know what i'm saying like the, everyone's going to be watching this. everyone's yes. going to be just knee deep in this well i remember like it, that, that might actually break the internet absolutely no i remember you know, because you and I went to the same middle school, West Middle School, and I remember uh, you went to West, yeah. right? Um, yeah. I I remember uh, our fucking social studies teacher was letting us watch the O.J. Simpson car chase. Like, same with the Branch Davidian. Oh. Same with Waco. Like, we were watching Waco in fucking social studies class in like eighth grade. You know. And I remember that. Yeah. Now it's like it's such a the the whole thing where a real life catastrophe uh, becomes almost like synonymous with reality TV. It's those two worlds have like gelled so much that it's almost like <laughs> like you know. Um, trials are now almost like literally reality tv now at this point you know i mean yeah. with with youtube and everything you can't you can't get any more realer than that right <laughs> no yeah exactly and so like i you know you know what i wonder i'm surprised nobody has capitalized on on it in terms of like i'm surprised that like mtv or something hasn't like found a way to be like, well, you know, they used to do cops, you know, the show cops. And I'm surprised that they haven't found a way to be mm -hmm. like, Hey, let's uh, capitalize on this even more. Let's make it even more sensationalized. 
and let's do like a mini series that's like uh you know uh justice for george floyd or whatever it is i'm surprised that like some sick like executive or ceo of like mtv or even like true tv or something hasn't found a way to like capitalize on all of these like videos that are made with like smartphones you know and stuff like that and make it you know like like i'm kind of surprised that hasn't happened and and i wonder if it is going to happen one of these days and i wonder how it could happen you know i think about that stuff sometimes because yeah i don't know the stuff that we watch on youtube is insane like if you really think about it we're actually watching stuff that really happens to people now you know like it's not Mm-hmm. It's not right. like it's not like I mean I'm not saying the real world didn't have a certain element of like truth behind it at least in the early seasons but you know a lot of that's scripted you know uh a lot of this right. stuff that we're yep. seeing on YouTube is like that fucking that video of George Floyd I mean basically that was like an updated version of the Rodney King tape you know uh 100%. It's just insane. It's We're living in an insane world right now, Carl. <laughs> yeah, it's, the social media has has definitely made everyone just desensitized, I think, you know? Yeah. And just just wanting, wanting more, right? Pushing the envelope more and more as humanly possible. I mean, who's that fuckface uh, uh, YouTube star that... Um, Got in a lot of trouble for like basically getting someone to kill, commit suicide live. Uh, uh, Taylor Yo- Logan or yeah, uh, no, um, Jacob Yoke. Logan um, Paul. Logan Paul, I think was his name. Yeah, like yeah. he's like, yeah, he get he pushes that envelope fucking further than almost anyone has on YouTube that I am aware of. I could be wrong. I don't like that's I don't watch the type of shit, but just from listening to other podcasts and stuff like that. I mean, I think right, like he's. He's streamed someone killing themselves, or he went to a dead body within like an hour of them. I don't remember. Yeah, like, no, he fucked up. No, you know? I actually, I actually saw a clip of the video. He actually like uh, went. He found somebody hanging from a tree and then filmed it. Is that what it was? Yeah, and then oh. he he posted it on YouTube because Ugh. of course that's going to get a lot of views. You know, um, right. Yeah, it's it's absolutely insane. And the sad thing is, is the world we're living in is putting this idea in people's heads, especially like, well, not even the younger generation. I mean, there's people that are people of all ages that are sick, but it's like it it's kind of putting this idea in people's heads. And this is the downfall because there's a lot of good that social media does. But um uh, one, right, of, one, sure. of, one of the downfalls is like it's putting this idea in people's heads that they can just become an instant celebrity over shock value which like i mean but the mm-hmm. problem is is like what where's where's the cutoff because you know you have somebody who was willing to just film somebody hanging from a tree who committed suicide for more views on his youtube channel like where's the where's the moral right. high ground here? Like what, you know, when's enough going to actually be enough? I actually think that at least at least um, 
I guess you could say, I, I, for lack of a better way to describe it, spiritually maybe? I'm not really sure, but like social media is also contributing to the end of human civilization. <laughs> you know, at least from a, from a, um, yeah. just a, the way we are inside, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's really breaking mm -hmm. our, I guess oh, yeah. if you, if you believe in souls and things like that, it's really breaking, you know, like it's, it's definitely doing something to the psyche of like, you know, human beings for sure. <clears throat> and, yeah. and I think that's allowing. Yeah. It's it, nuts. Yeah, it's allowing, you know, th these behaviors that we're seeing, you know, right now, unfortunately. But like I said, social media does a lot of yeah. good. I mean, there's a lot of friends, like old friends that I haven't talked to forever that I've reconnected with. And so, you know, there's a good and there's a bad to everything. Like, I mean, you can use the platform for good. We wouldn't be doing this right now if we didn't have social media. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, you know, you can use it for good. You can use it for evil. You know, that's what it all comes down to. Yeah, so um, I saw that um, you've been uh, digging the uh, new Run the Jewels album. Uh, or have you listened to it yet? It's not, it's not too shabby. Yeah, no, definitely not. It is fucking amazing no i actually think it's I probably think it's, their, i think it's great i think it's probably their best album i mean probably my favorite one i mean so that's it's funny that you say that i've had a lot of people think number two is their best album yeah i've heard that which number two is really good yeah. um you know but i just i think each album you could definitely hear them grow, but and also have a different style yes. within the album. So I think it just matters what kind of mood I'm in, and I'll yeah. listen to a specific album of theirs. Um, you know, like I think three for me, uh, man, it has some great bangers on it. You know, um, and it's just more dancey is not the right word, but it's more groovy, more like I can get, you know, I'll definitely be shaking my head to this, you know, listen to this one. I can get down with this one. Right. Yeah. Um, number four, I think has, uh, the most, uh, I think number four is their most sp spoken about life right now, you know, um, in my opinion, um, you know, and then number one is just raw because that was the first one. You know, I don't, I don't know. I, you know, like I said, it just depends on mood. And like each album has a different mood for me personally. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think that uh, this one, they've always been political to a certain degree. But I think this one came out right at the right yeah. time. I think, uh, you know, Killer Mike has always been very outspoken in his politics. And you got Zach De La Roca, yep. you know, back on the mic again, you know, Rage Against the Machine, of course. I want to know, and yep. I really want to know what, when that, you remember like 10, 15 years ago, there was supposed to be a Zach De La Roca solo rap album produced by LP, like way back when, yep. like before Run the Jewels, this was supposed to happen like when LP was still... Uh, quite underground actually like uh i don't know if you follow right. the label definitive jux very much but 
he um they're they're actually them and like atmosphere and you know like sage francis and all these rappers idea and abilities uh aesop rock they're the ones that got me back into rap music you know uh because right. I, I fell out of it because you know you and i grew up in a similar time uh and in the 90s it was all about metal it was all about punk rock whatever whatever you know i mean the closest thing i had really to mm-hmm. i guess i did own a cypress hill album uh when i was like in eighth grade and of course beastie boys and when i was a kid i had vanilla ice crisscross dj jazzy jeff and the fresh prince but other than mm-hmm. that i didn't really own any rap uh until about yeah i heard like dr octagon for instance you know um and that's what got right. me, that's what got yeah. me back into it and uh but anyway so i was into all of that stuff and uh zach de la roca was supposed to come out with a solo rap album and i mean we got one day as a lion uh which was which was tight Mm -hmm. but man man it's time zach i mean not only is it time for rage to put out a new album but it's time for Zach to put out a solo rap album as well, produced by LP. Wouldn't that just be amazing? I bet it's. I, it would be amazing, but I doubt it's ever happening. I doubt it is. I, too. I've heard things like watch. Yeah, I mean, I've watched things on YouTube. You know, people talking about the same thing, right? We're like, where the fuck is this thing at? You know, you've had plenty of time, and honestly, I don't think Zach gives a fuck, right? Like, it's not his priority. His other priority is leading his movements, leaving, you know, leading what he believes in and doing what he needs to do for himself yeah. and the communities that he wants to be involved in. Yeah. Yeah. For the um, political. And he just, I don't, I, he, he just went, yeah, he's, I mean, I, you know, obviously who knows exactly what happened to rage and you know, what, you know, is it just, you know, what am I trying to say here? Did they quit? Did they break up because, they were just going too far from what they believe are away, or did they want to spend like did Zach want to spend more time not touring and just making music, but you know actually like go for causes? Who knows, right? But it's like Rage Against the Machine basically like broke up in the prime. Eh, I mean, maybe not their prime. I would definitely probably not their prime, but they could have went on forever. I think, <laughs> but um, I don't think Zach gives a fuck and he just does whatever he wants and. Yeah, <laughs> we're just never gonna hear it. I don't. I, don't, I think. It, I think there's like probably 20 people in the world that's heard some of his songs. Like, yep, this is dope as fuck. And he's like, yeah, don't put it out. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that's probably fair. I would argue that Rage was definitely probably in in about their prime. I mean, I I definitely, me personally, I definitely liked Evil Empire in the first album a little bit more than I like Battle of Los Angeles. But I still think that. I mean, that album still had some great stuff, uh, and it was still a solid album. I think I agree with you. I think they could have just kept going, and it would have been interesting to hear what yeah. Rage would have came out with after Battle of Los Angeles. But you know what? Mm-hmm. I never thought in a million years, I don't know how you feel about Mr. Bungle, but I never thought in a million years that Mr. Bungle would put anything else out after their third album. And uh, here, here we are with 
you know, newly recorded music from them, <laughs> you know, like 20 years later. And I mean, granted, it's a punk rock cover, but, you know, still, nonetheless, there's, you know, uh, reunions are kind of one of those things that it happens. And I don't know, like, you know, I, I definitely have some feelings about reunion. I, I always, whenever I hear about a band getting back together, I always hope they put out something new from it, you know, but you know, right. a lot of times that doesn't mm-hmm. happen. I wouldn't be surprised if rage doesn't put out anything new, but we'll see. I mean, yeah, we're going, yeah. I mean, they're going to, they were supposed to go on tour together with run the jewels, right? Like what a fucking tour that would have been, right? Like yes, that would have been you're talking the nineties most, yeah, you're talking the 1990s most political band out there, right? The most vocal, the most just in your face, and and probably had, I think, probably the biggest voice in yeah. the political scene, right? And then you have Run the Jewels, which I would, I don't, again, I don't know anyone else bigger than them in the late 2000s, 2010s, and obviously the beginning of 2020, right? Like bigger yeah. political voice than them, and they're going to go on tour together. Yeah, like yeah. Well, and not only shit was going to go down, you know, I think a lot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you still there? No, no, we don't get that tour. And everyone's like, oh, next year. Yep. You got me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I lost you there for a second. Oops. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, everyone's like, oh, they'll go on tour next year. I'm like, they will not be going. I don't think they'll be on tour together. Like, I think that this tour is done, and it's going to be hard for them to line everything back up. But who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. What, what I would have liked to have seen, and unfortunately, I probably wouldn't have been able to make it to any of the shows anyway, but, you know, you know that's one of the good things about social media <laughs> is that you can always find live performances. Um, I would have liked to have seen some of those... Uh, you know, because you know that Zach would have hopped up on the mic with Run the Jewels on some of those tracks, you know? Uh, so. 100%. 100%. Yeah, exactly. That would have been then, so tight to see. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah, but we'll see. I mean, who fucking knows, right? Like, concerts. Uh, fuck, man. Like, that's the thing I miss the most, man, is going to a concert. Um I think movies are cool. I like movies. You know, movies are easy to digest and, you know, you can think about it. But going to live concerts is one of my, let's just say, spiritual things that I like to do more than anything. Yeah. Um, you know, I tell people, like, I tell people, like, all my friends from Muscatine, you, you know, Munson, you know, my brother, yeah. everyone, like, we went to so many concerts. You know, we needed, we go to all the concerts together? No, but. I know, like, all our, all our friends, like, that was a huge thing, and that's why I think we all got along, because we all enjoy music on some level that most people just didn't understand, right? And, ah, man, what the fuck is the last concert I went to? Ah, fuck, was it? Damn, I don't even know right now. Yeah, I don't I remember think it was the last a concert. I, I mean, outside yeah, of, like... I think it was just a kind of a small show. Yeah, outside of a like a local show, I can't remember the last like, you know, big band or whatever, or you know what I mean. Like, uh, I think mm-hmm. if you're gonna if you're gonna talk like a stadium show, 
I think it was probably Smashing, mm-hmm. smashing Pumpkins. Like, that might have been the last one. What um, was that? Well, that would have been, like, in... She... 96? I mean, it would have been when we were, like, freshmen. What? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, but I'm talking about... A really? State... That's the last Oh, wait, no, 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 no. You know what? Duh. Duh. Um, it would have been uh, either Tool and, during the Lateralist Tour, or it would have been... Um, yeah. The uh, Pledge of Allegiance tour, which had Slipknot, System of a Down, Rumstein, a um, couple of opening bands, I think okay. American, American Head Charge, and that, like, 2002. But, I mean, like, I also saw, like, Converge a couple of times. I guess I did see Converge. Sure. Uh, I guess you could kind of count, I mean, at the this place called The Rave in Milwaukee. Uh I went there. Um, I that. Yeah. that was with Haybreed, but then like Converge and Glassjaw were the openers. Uh, and then after sure. that, I can't think of like, I saw Sunny Day Real Estate, um, Built to Spill, which they're, I mean, they're not really like a, I mean, I didn't see them in like a huge, but they're, they're still a major label, like kind of big band. But I mean, I, I didn't see them. Like, you know, they don't play to, like, you know, thousands of people, like somebody like Green Day or whatever. Green Day was my first concert. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. What, what was your first concert, Carl? Uh, besides the local show was Incubus, Sugar Ray, and 311 at The Mark. When Science just came out for Incubus. Sugar Ray was just on the uppity up, and Fear Eleven's Transistor album came out. Ah, oh, man, dude! Like I love and uh, talk about love. All, I, I I mean, Sugar yeah. Ray um, is kind of questionable, but I do love Three Eleven and Incubus. Dude, this is when Incubus, when Brandon had dreads down to his calves, you know, and no one knew who the fuck they were, and they played everything from Fungus Among Us and Science, and oh, dude, dude, that fucking floor just got rocked, because it was just so banging, dude. They just came out, you know, and uh, he played the fucking, the, his instruments, you know, the, what's the thing called from Australia? Uh, the didgeridoo? Oh, yeah. You know, and, yeah. Uh, you know, he played his solo... Dude, it was just straight up. It, and then 311 Smack. I mean, Sugar Ray was good. Like, they were okay, but I was not there to see them. I was there to see the other two bands. I was just like, hurry the fuck up and get done, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Incubus. Yeah. But my last concert, my, yeah, what's that? I was just saying, I was just actually listening to Science the other day. That's still my favorite album from them. Oh, it's hands down their it's hands down their best album. Like part uh what's it? Is it part of me or uh, make yourself make yourself? Yeah, that and was then, good. You know, that's good. Fungus Among Us is Yeah, I mean Fungus Among Us is good and what's it, Morning View? Morning View is uh, okay. I think that's the album right after Make Yourself. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, that was good, but after that, any album after Morning View, pff, I don't get two shits about. Like they just they I, I'm not mad at them for going the direction they go. It's perfectly fine. That's the direction they wanted to go as a as a band. Perfectly fine. I'm happy with that. It's just not for me. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. You didn't you didn't like Crow Left of the Murder at all? Meh. Good a couple of songs, but Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 maybe maybe I was just 
maybe I was just too like over him and I didn't give it a chance. But at this point in my life, I really don't give a fuck anymore. You know, like I'm sure. Just over yeah, it. no, I, I I totally understand that. That would have been probably the last album for me. I pretty much agree with you. I mean, mm-hmm. after after Make Yourself, they didn't make anything very remarkable. But man, science. Science, like just listening to the instrumentation yeah. on that album is unbelievable. Uh, it's unbelievable, man. It was, it was, no one else had done an album like that. And I still to this day don't know a band that has put out an album that just sounds like that, right? Just no. raw, experimental. It just. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, it was basically prog rock, prog new metal rock before prog rock was a thing. I think, you know, like. Maybe not exactly progressive rock, but it had elements of that built into it. Yeah, no, they they were definitely like great at their instruments. I would say the only other band that I would have compared compared them to that came before them, maybe Faith No More a little bit, you know. But like, yeah, other, I can. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, because. Brandon Boyd was unquestionably, definitely, at that time, you could tell by his voice, he was really influenced by Mike Patton's vocals, but he did it his own way, man. Like, oh, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's still an incredible album. Uh, Now that we're geeking out over uh, albums, uh, before before we end this, why don't we go ahead and do, like, uh, like, some sort of, like, list of like how about we do this how about um okay five albums that we were listening to since we're kind of talking about the time period so we're talking 96 you graduated the same year as me 99 um correct mm-hmm. so yeah i so did yeah 95 to 99 is when we were in high or 96 to 99 is when we were in high school so how about five albums, and it does, they don't have to be in any order, five albums, like Science, and let's not include Science because we've already talked enough about that album, but um, five albums that we listened right. to then that still hold up today for you. Oh, dude, <laughs> I listen to this shit all the time. Spotify makes me a list. You know, do you have do you listen do you listen to music on Spotify? Oh, absolutely. That's my main platform, man. All right, my, yeah, it's my. I don't listen to music on any other platform except for maybe YouTube music, right? Just because there's like, uh, uh, like Mac Miller has like uh, mixtapes that you can't get on Spotify or something like that, right? Yes, exactly, but, exactly. Um, okay, so, okay, so are we gonna alternate? Uh we could do that yeah yeah let's let's do that let's alternate you you say one i say one until we each get our five in yep okay so i listen to this album randomly and it's so fun because i i remember i used to have an s10 black truck and i would just drive around muscatine fucking getting high and just listen to this album and i still listen to it and it just brings me back to that moment in my life where I just had, like, I just didn't do anything, right? Like, I mean, I was working, I was still going to school, but I just, I just wasn't hanging out with people. I would just drive around listening to the album. Static X, Wisconsin. Oh, Wisconsin Death Trip. Yeah. Death Trip, yeah, Wisconsin Death Trip. Yes, yes, and and you know what? I'm actually... I don't know, dude. I don't... I have to admit, I'm kind of unfamiliar with it. What do you like about that album, though? 
it was just, it was, I've always been in industrial music, like back in the day, right? You know, Nine Chanel's, KMFDM, mm-hmm. uh, Skinny Puppy, you know, and everything like that. And so it took that and then just added, I think, more metal to it, right? Like, I don't know, just more electronics to it, just more upbeat fun. It wasn't just, because like industrial music's always been kind of like drudge metal, right? Like it's just, it's kind of depressing, right? You kind of have these other feelings of anger and just other feelings, but that album had that same kind of feeling and music, but it made me happy, right? It was just fun. It just kind of, you can nod your head to it and you can kind of dance to it. Yeah. And I saw those motherfuckers live. Uh, uh, it was them, System of Down, uh, uh, Head PE, and Fear Factor in Des Moines. And it was just amazing live. You know, I think it was one of the things like when I see someone live, I go back to listen to the album, I'm like, oh my God, this is so great. Because I know what it sounds like live. They do it live. It just, it was just fun. It was just lighthearted, you know, to me. So, sure, sure. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. I just. Yeah, but. yeah. No, that's. Um, like, like I said, I never really listened to Static X that much outside of the, um, outside of, uh, the, the singles, you know, the, the videos and stuff like that. Right. But I would see on MTV. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, Green Day Dookie, man. Uh, that still to me is a, um, it's a classic for me, man. I mean, I actually just listened to it not that long ago and, uh, I think I appreciate Green Day's yeah. early output more than I ever did, like as an adult right now. I mean, it just, I don't know. I, I just think it's, it just, it definitely brings me, it, it's kind of like Static X with you, but in a, in a different way, obviously it, it brings a smile to my face. Just takes me back to a much more, you know, uh, simpler time. In it's a different life. time. It's a yep. completely different time. And, yeah, exactly. and also, as I mentioned, they what, were, we were what, 15 years fif- old. Yeah. 15 years old. And also it, it brings me back to, you know, cause like I said, it was my first concert. So, um, and I still just think that mm-hmm. from beginning to end, it's just a solid album, not an ounce of filler on it. And it's just, it's, it's good yep. music, you know, to me. So, yeah. And it was one of those first CDs too that you kind of knew what like everyone talked about the secret song. Yeah, right? yeah, like, that's everyone's true. Like, Ooh, did you hear that? You're like, wait, what? There's a secret song. You have to go back, you know, and put it on cassette tape and let it go, you know, and like, oh Dude. my god, or CD or whatever the fuck you got it on. That's actually one thing that I really miss about that era is like of the the era of physical CDs is that there was always the secret song became like such a big thing where it was almost like. Every time you bought a CD and after the last track, you would always like, you would almost be disappointed if the CD ended and it stopped. You'd be like, oh man, there's no secret song. You know, like this album would have been so tight with the secret song. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. I never, uh, the first album that I remember doing that, the first CD was Nirvana Nevermind uh, on the early pressings of Nevermind. There was that hidden track, Endless Nameless. But then after the yeah. first, like, 10,000 copies, they uh, reissued it without the hidden track for some reason. And I remember it made a lot of people pissed off huh. because they were like, oh, there's no hidden track on here. <laughs> but Right. I, my first secret song that I can remember is on Tool's Undertow album. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a fucking... 
unforgettable one right there. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I don't, I don't remember the Nevada one off the top of my head, but who knows? I, you know, like I said, I've lost a lot of brain cells since. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 95. We all so. did, man. That's age. Age is a mind killer. Yep. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> it's yeah, it fucking sucks. It does. But, it um, does. so this is gonna play off your Green Day one because okay. I, I did play the Green Day uh, Dookie album uh, about a month ago at work. Uh-huh. I could, we could play pretty much where the fuck we want to, and I played that entire album. I'm just like, cool. man, there's so many great songs in this album, and I and I remember almost all the words. Yeah, kind of, yeah. You know, like I, yeah, okay, you know, but so good. But uh, uh, the Weezer Blue album. Oh, jeez, what an excellent, excellent pick, man. Yeah, it's just, I remember growing up, uh, Jeff Refner and Drew Burkamper and, and me, like all three of us were, like inseparable, and I just remember playing that album while we were playing hockey or doing rollerblading or just had that motherfucker on repeat all the time. It's just, yeah. The so way, good. It's just so simple. Yeah, like, and, and the songs are just so good, and like Weezer, I mean, it was it was pop, grunge, indie, whatever you want to call it. It was perfection. And also, Weezer is one of those bands, for some reason, that they transcended genres in the fact that, like, they were the only band that sounded like them that metalheads loved, for some reason. Like, I remember, mm-hmm. like, I remember, like, right. straight-up metalheads who, like, hated Green Day, hated even Smashing Pumpkins was too soft for them, or even, like... Hell, even Nirvana just wasn't that... But for some reason, they loved the hell out of Weezer. And that always, like... It made me wonder yeah. how that how that was all... You know... Because, dude, there were people that were straight up just like... Everybody who I knew literally loved Weezer. Like, it didn't matter what they were into. It's like... Yeah. Straight up metalheads. You know, they're like listening to nothing but... Cold Chamber. Six Feet Under. Whatever. And then it's like, hey, you know what? I love that Weezer album. Let's listen to Weezer. <laughs> you know, right. it was so weird. Yeah. Like I never quite understood why that was, but now I understand why it is. Is because the fucking album is perfect. You know, like it's right. It, yeah, it, exactly. It, like it's so good. Inescapable. I mean, yeah. and everything that Rivers Cuomo is singing about is so fucking, like, um, it's just relatable. I think. You know. Yeah, that is a solid pick. Man, love that. Only in Dreams. That that song still gets me, man, to this day. Um, okay, well, I think I'm going to continue the Weezer thing, and I'm going to have to say, since you picked the Blue album, I'm going to have to say Pinkerton, their second album. Uh, yeah. I, I love both Weezer, both of those Weezer albums uh, equally. I used to, mm-hmm. you know... Okay. Like I, I used to like Pinkerton better, but honestly, like I just like them both equally. But Pinkerton, I mean, is for me just as good. Uh, the, the Blue album is just as good, and, and both of those Weezer albums I listen to nonstop. So I'm gonna have to throw Pinkerton on that one as well for my pick. I'm gonna have to listen. I haven't listened to that album in a yeah. I haven't listened to that album in a long time, so I might have to go and uh, re-explore it and you know and, and just check it out again. Because honestly, it would be almost like if I was listening to it the first time again. I bet it's been that long, honestly. 
it's, so, I, I, yeah, what's that? What's the single off that song or off uh, the album? Well, the it, El Scorcho and The Good Life. But, yeah, El Scorcho, yeah. But they, they both, at the time, were not nearly as popular as anything off the Blue album. I mean, when that right. album first came out, it was such a commercial failure. But then over time, it became such a it became such a cult hit. And then next thing you know, like it sold, you know, just as many records as the blue album over time when people discovered it, you know? Right. So it's so weird, but I, I, both of those Weezer albums, man, they both, uh, both of them special place in my heart for that time period, for sure. All right. What's next on your list, Carl? So my next album, this album is because it's great. I still listen to it, but my son likes this band, and he listens to this album, and he has th- all three of their LPs is Toadie's Rubberneck. Oh, my God. Dude. So my son knows the entire Rubberneck album, and he knows uh, – I don't know if he knows about the this hazy stars one or whatever that second album is uh hell below stars above yeah i don't know how well he knows those yeah which is a great album that album is so like no one knows about it that is so but so underrated um, that is like the most underrated album ever but yes rubberneck my gosh yeah rubberneck is amazing dude like every song on that is perfect i it's just again it just it just works it and i don't know why like i just it's just perfect Every song has, it's catchy. And, and it's like, and, uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, they have, they have the song Possum Kingdom, but there's so many other songs on that record. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a perfect record. It's just like the blue album. Oh, I mean, and, and yeah, that leads, I I come from the water, Tyler, I burn. And, and like that lead singer has one of the most over uh, underappreciated vocals. I mean, he, he he has such a great singing voice, you know? I mean, oh, oh yeah. It's just awesome that, that my son, yeah, it's just great that my son loves them, too. You know, he's just like, they're fun. I'm like, awesome. I'm glad you like this, you know? That is great, <laughs> man. I, yeah, no, I love the Toadies. Um, yeah, man, that's awesome that your son is into them, too. Uh, mm-hmm. That was uh, definitely a defining moment from... I mean that that is a a '90s classic, hands down, for sure. Um, okay, so next up, um, so we're we're at number three now, right? Um, yeah, we are. That was three. Yep, that was three. So, and this will be number three for me then. So, I think I'm gonna have to go with. Um, Smashing Pumpkins, because, you know, we were mentioning Smashing Pumpkins, and I'm going to have to go with um, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. I mean, that that was a record that uh, just absolutely, right. I absolutely loved it when I was in high school. And I'm not a huge Pumpkins fan today, necessarily, not the same way that I was then. But I still, when I listen sure. to that record, um, I still think it's amazing. I mean... Just the, the yeah. It's, what what blows me away about it is the range on it, man. They they literally go from like, you know, like just beautiful like ballad, like 
like a beautiful ballad like Tonight Tonight to just almost like metal mm-hmm. on like a song like XYU. I mean, it's it's both um, Smashing Pumpkins. It's some of their heaviest material, but also some of their most beautiful and just melodic and just it's just a perfect album all the way through. And for a double album to exist in the 90s like that. That's that's not an easy feat. Yeah. You know, that that wasn't an easy thing for them to do. And yeah. They just did it right. I mean Yeah, I did I yeah, Zero is so fucking good. It dude. is. I think, oh, that song is just so sh- Oh fuck, dude, yeah. I mean, it's been a while since I listened to that album in, or that in, album in its entirety. Um, but it's anytime it comes on, I'm like, oh fuck, man, I forgot about this song. Or yeah, this song is amazing, you know? But yeah. it's definitely unbelievable. Pretty damn good. Unbelievable. Okay, number four, yep. Carl. Okay, so since you talk, since you did a double album, I'll do a double album. Okay. And uh, this band, it, I mean, I don't. Man, it's hard to say. Too many bigger bands than Nine Inch Nails, right? In the nineties. Oh mean, yeah. Just everything that they would do, and you know. Uh, their live performances and just what they stood for, um, you know. So you had uh, oh, the Fragile, mm-hmm. that fucking double album, man. I li- I listened to that entirety like four or five months ago. Just sat down. I didn't do anything else. I just listened to it. I'm just like, holy shit! Yeah, just man. amazing, just pure gold. And like you said, like double albums were hard. Like that kind of was kind of a thing back in the late eighties, early nineties, maybe, but like it just stopped. People just stopped doing it. And I can't really think of anyone else besides pumpkins and night shells that had a successful double album. No, not, I mean, not during yeah, that time. I'm trying to go back and remember everyone, but yeah, yeah. Not during that time. Yeah. It didn't, and so, didn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. That's so I did see, uh, I saw Perfect Circle when Mary Noms just came out. They opened up for Nine Inch Nails when The Fragile just came up. Oh, my God, dude. That concert is probably one of the best $50 concerts I've ever been to. And we're talking 99 right? So for a concert ticket to be 50 bucks, 55 bucks in 99 probably would be like $200 today. Yeah. It was fucking amazing, dude. Like, ugh. Yeah. It, was, it was everything I wanted it to be. But, yeah, listen to the album again. It's just, it's just so good because he tells – Trent Reznor can tell a story through music. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly every note and why and why it's there for. You know, oh, it's just so good. It is a beautiful album. There's a lot of really, really great stuff. I I didn't appreciate it when it first came out as much as I do now because I've uh, a few years back I actually went through the whole Nine Inch Nails discography and listen to everything and yeah the fragile man uh when it first came mm-hmm. out i think it was just too much for me to really wrap my head yeah. around for whatever reason but man there's some i mean we're in this together now just for that song alone I oh mean, my god such a great yeah. great track so good yeah um yep okay so moving on i think i'm gonna actually move a little bit into the metal realm here um, I'm going to go with an album okay. that I listened to a lot when I was like, I don't know, 16 or something like that, uh, that I still think is a great album and probably really about the only album from this artist that I'm really still like 
I'll still listen to like to this day. Uh, and that is uh, Portrait of an American Family, Manson's first album, Marilyn Manson's first album. Um, okay. I used to love that album yep. when I was 16. And I just recently listened to it again. And I was like, this album still jams, man. This, that, I mean, th- that was when Manson was at his rawest. And I feel like also there was a sense of humor. I don't think he was taking himself as seriously as he does now. And I think that there was something, Right. I think that there was something that was captured with the feeling of that record that maybe wasn't present or hasn't been present really since. Uh, same with the, the remix album, uh, Smells Like Children. They both had this like weird sort of sense of humor. Like it was still dark, but it seemed a little more cartoony and it seemed like, but also just the songs are just really, really well put together. Like the song Lunchbox and Dope Hat and all this stuff. And when mm-hmm. I first heard of Manson, I mean, I, of course I was pretty much, a, I, I heard about them before uh, Sweet Dreams, but the first time I actually heard Manson, like many people our age was through Sweet Dreams, his cover of Sweet Dreams. But right. And then I went out and bought Portrait and bought Smells Like Children. And uh, yeah, to this day, it's probably the only Manson album that I'll listen to and probably not even that much. But like, it's still, I, I, I mean, it still holds up to me today. Like I could still listen to it and not try, you know, not think uh, I need to take this out, you know? Right, yeah, yeah. There, I haven't listened to that one in a while. Maybe I, I may I'll listen again, but I do listen to Antichrist Superstar. That, I, there's some, there's some great fucking songs dude, on that. On that album, I'm, I'm not but, gonna, I'm not gonna dispute that at all. Because I mean, like Crypter Child is a great tourniquet. Uh, that opener, irresponsible hating. Yeah, tourniquet. I think tourniquet's. Yeah. Yeah, tourniquet is a yeah, high point. Yeah, in tourniquet's probably my favorite album. Dude, that's definitely a high point yeah, from but I need. Yeah, I'll probably go listen. Yeah. I'll definitely go revisit A Portrait of American Family and let you know what I think of it. I mean, it's, it I'll, I'll guarantee it's been at least 10 years since I've listened to that album. Guaranteed at yeah, least. Yeah. It's probably it's, even longer than that. The thing, so. I, the thing I like about it is it's the most straightforward, in-your-face, like, raw, just heavy music, you know? That mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like after after portrait portrait was actually pretty basic compared to what Manson did after that. It was pretty much just a metal album with some sound effects and keyboards thrown in straight up and even had like a punky sound right. to it. But then it was with Antichrist, or really with Smells Like Children, where he started to get more experimental. But there's something about that urgency, the energy of portrait that still to this day is like I'm, I can listen to it and be like, yeah, man, I remember exactly the time period when I would annoy my parents by mm-hmm. having my disc man and listening to this and bouncing on the couch while they're trying to fucking like watch a movie or something and yelling at me to like, turn that down, but, you know, yeah. like it just takes me back to that. Right, but I mean, that's so true with a lot of bands though. Absolutely. But yeah. I mean, for... everyone's first albums are, are so much more raw raw it's raw and uh <laughs> i don't think so but more raw than anything else like right like a uh, incubus right like fungus among yeah. us and science yeah none of their albums ever after that even remotely sound like that right marilyn manson uh yeah. 
who else? Uh, like Deftones. Um, like Adrenaline is completely just pure energy, just pure aggression. Yes, they had other songs like that, but no album was just start to finish like that, you know? Yeah, um, uh, Limp uh, Biscuit. I, I can't think of it, but. Uh, Limp Biscuit, if you want to go back. Oh, uh, dude, to $3 Lim- bills, y'all. Yeah, $3 oh. bill, and then uh, Corn, yeah. the first two. <laughs> dude, Life is Peachy and the self titled yeah. by Corn. Come on, man. Like. I, mean, I don't. Uh, I listen to those all the time too, man. Dude, Life Is Peachy is still a solid album. I don't care what anyone says. Like, the guitar sounds. Uh, it is. I mean, come on, man. That's so fucking good. Yeah, dude, they're both. Dude, go listen. Good. Go listen to clown. Yeah, go listen to clown and faggot. Just go go, go listen. Yeah. I mean, the whole album, the first album's great, but just go listen to those two album songs, dude. They, it's still. I I still get this feeling inside of like. What the fuck did they write? You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, no, it's, it's, it's still eerie. And still crazy. The thing is, is what Korn was doing literally was something new. There was literally nobody before them that sounded like them. Like, really at all. Like, I mean, they, like, I remember when I first heard of Korn, I remember I was like, somebody told me about them, and I don't remember who they were. And it was when I was in eighth grade. So this was like, they were still, mm-hmm. like, being the thing about them that was so great is that I remember MTV would play them on like alternative nation and 120 minutes and headbangers ball because they didn't know mm-hmm. what the fuck to do with them because it's like, okay, yeah, they're kind of metal, <laughs> right. but they have like this noisy side that makes them a little more like experimental. Like people don't understand how yeah. crazy, how revolutionary those first two corn albums really kind of were. I mean, in retrospect, like they really 100%. did, they brought something different to the metal genre, uh, for better or for worse. Unfortunately, yep. you had a bunch of <laughs> not so great clone bands after them, but the same can be said for fucking Pearl Jam. Right. You know, like the same could even be said right. for Green Day. I mean, that's just what happens. But yeah, no, Corn. Right. I still give Corn a lot of credit to this day. I don't care. I still think that they were like... No, yeah. I mean, there was a period of time where I kind of made fun of them because I thought that I was cool for liking more intense music or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but, dude, at the end of the day, I was always secretly kind of like, yeah, this life is peachy is actually kind of cool. You know? (laughs) Like... Oh, dude, I, 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 I told people this, um... So on Spotify, I, like I said, my main channel is always like mixes of like, you know, Alice in Chains, Tool, fucking a bunch of other stuff right back in the 90s. And that's the number one channel they recommend to me. Mm-hmm. And then one day you'll throw in randoms like, who the fuck is this playing? Is this Korn? And like, what album is this off of? And I looked it up. Dude, it's Korn's newest album. Oh, really? Go listen to it and tell me. Uh, it is fantastic. It is. It takes me back to those two albums right it has this just raw anger energy uh it it listen to it just listen i think honestly i think i'm not saying you're going to enjoy as much as i do but i think you'll at least appreciate like it takes you back to that time when those two albums came out you just feel these songs again Um, obviously it has some you know newer styles in it because you know it's what what they're fucking in their 40s now but it's exceptional Cool, cool. I think. Yeah, I think it's very, uh, but yeah. So I, I've actually, anyway, so, I've actually right. had a couple of other so people. So my number, 
Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, Carl. I was just saying, a couple other people have told me the same thing about the new corner. Oh, yeah. Okay, so um, this is now album number five. Is that what we're on now? Album number five, yep. Okay, and last one. If anyone who knows me knows knows what this answer is already going to be. <laughs> I, I, have, I have a hunch. It is my favorite album. Yeah, it's my favorite album of all time. There's nothing else that even comes close to this album. There's a couple albums like kind of close, but it's its own world, and that's Tool Enema. <laughs> like it, it is perfect from minute one to minute seventy-four. I think that's how long the album is—seventy-four minutes long. But it, it, it just, it just, it's just mind blowing. I remember the first time about hearing it, I was just like, "What the fuck did I just experience?" You know, like it just. It just transcends me personally, and it's just—it's written so well. The songs are so laid out, perfect. They did—they were doing stuff that no one ever was doing in music, you know, especially around that time, right in '96 when it came out. It's just great. And my son listens to Tool on his own. I'll hear him in the bathroom when he's taking a shower. He's listening to Tool, he's listening to songs on that album, and he's learning songs off that album too now. So, like, to play, he plays guitar, so he's learning how to play songs off that album. So, besides, yeah, I'm, I just don't know. I mean, like, when people say they don't like Tool, I'm just like, yeah, I, I, I don't get why you don't like it, man. Like, there's <laughs> no one else is doing stuff like this. But, you know, but I don't, I'm not going to argue to him, you know, but I'm just like, yeah, sure. I, I don't get it, but whatever. I don't care, you know. Yeah, well, I think that, um, like Anima, I have to agree with you. It's it's an incredible album, hands down their best album in my opinion. And um, one of the things that mm-hmm. blows me away about it is the progression from Undertow to Anima in that you know, and also right, exactly, and also the fact that it's insane. It doesn't sound like the same band in retrospect, and then also. Um, the other thing that's incredible, didn't they only, didn't they record it in just like three days or some shit? Like it was recorded in a very. No, that album. Yeah. It, I don't know the recording time of it, but I do know this is during the middle of the recording is when their bass player, uh, uh, fuck. What the fuck was this? Uh, Paul Diomar. A quit and left the band. Yeah, so he left the band during halfway through the recording. So then they had to get Justin Chancellor, and he had to go right to it. So I don't think that album was recorded in three days because that'd be impossible for that to all, you know, happen. Um, but I mean, I used to know, or let me rephrase that. I used to think I knew what songs Paul played and what songs Justin played. I don't know that anymore because I kind of lo- I've lost that like guess and that intuition but yeah. <laughs> i used to be like i bet this is justin's bass lines because like they are so undertowish but then like they're so unique i go that's got to be uh justin you know whatever so mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah yeah like you're right like between opiate and undertow and then the next album is enema it's like what 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 did you get like <laughs> what happened like how did you guys grow instrumentally in those four years yeah yeah, yeah. you know but but i do know though or at least i heard that if it wasn't three days, mm-hmm. it, it was recorded, from what I understand, in a like a shockingly short amount of time. Like for a record like that, I I seem to remember right. something about that. Oh, I'm gonna do some research 
Um, so don't take my word as gospel, yeah. folks. Maybe maybe you're right. Yeah. But like at least that's maybe, what I heard. maybe you're right. Maybe the songs were written. Yeah, and then they just went. Obviously, there's a difference between writing a song yes. and recording a song. Yeah, that that might be the case. But even if it was just recorded and they had everything written and they worked on that, that would be impressive as right. fuck. You know, because that record is just otherworldly. Oh yeah, with that album. Otherworldly. I mean, that's. I mean, yeah. Third Eye is one of my favorite songs, right? It's and amazing. That's a 15-minute-long song, right? Like, and, and then uh, H, and then Push It. Yeah. Oh. And, I mean, the opening track, Stink Fist. It's like, what the hell? But, like, mm-hmm. what's really amazing to me is the directness of the lyrics to the title track and how, how fucking, how, um, like, uh, what's the word that I'm trying to think of here? How, um how they're so relevant to pretty much any time period, <laughs> you know, like they've been relevant since right. 96 and they never stopped being relevant. Like no matter what stupid, right. no, no matter, I shouldn't say stupid, but no matter what catastrophe we find ourselves in, there's always a place for like that, those lyrics, like dude, yeah, no. Anima is definitely a classic album. Hands down. I mean... Yeah, so good. I listen to that record so much. That That is a solid pick there. So, the last pick that I am going to pick is uh, kind of a, uh, going a little bit off of... He's his own genre as a solo artist, and that's Beck and the, <laughs> and the album Odelay. Okay. I mean, I listened to that record okay. so much when I was in high school. It's it's unbelievable. And he really, him and, and the band Ween uh, are the two uh, records that, are the two bands that really introduced me to, like, music that was just weird. <laughs> you know, just, like, music that was just, right. like, I guess you could yeah. call it outsider music that, refused to pretty much be categorized and and also just right. just you know stuff that was just fucked up <laughs> you know like pretty much i mean i yep. you yeah. know i remember like yeah i remember like in those times you and munson were like the biggest beck fans that i knew and like yeah. i thought beck was all right yeah and i was like man what the how do these fucking guys love this guy but then, I mean, it, it, it makes sense, right? Like, I mean, yeah. obviously, if you guys go and listen to all the music you guys fucking ever put out. But, yeah, yeah it's just yeah. like, I, I will be honest. I have not listened. Yeah, I have not listened to that album. I guarantee for 20 years. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's kind of one of those records that when I put, I actually, it's kind of like a, um, it's a nice weather record for me. It's one of those records where, like, this this time period every year, actually, I kind of throw it on in the car because it, it was a summer of 96 record for me, man. And, and Munson too. Uh, For those of you who don't know, Munson is, you know, like one, uh, both me and Carl were good friends with him. I mean, he's my, you know, my best friend and, um, he was in a band with me and yeah, we, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't, isn't that sweet? And, um, yeah, we listen like me and Travis, man, that's, we were, we were, you know, like becoming music fans together, man. Like that was, you know, Beck, mm-hmm. uh, 
and then metal. I mean, you know, he definitely like there for a while. I got into a lot more metal as time went on, but I mean, he definitely got into metal, uh, hardcore, you know, earlier than I did. But, um, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what though. Uh, yeah, man, there's so many, I mean, I could, I could talk about 50 of these goddamn records. <laughs> you know, like oh yeah, I, mean, it's, Dude, it's, I could go down my Spotify list and just say, oh, this album, this album, this album, this album. Yes. You know? but like, I mean, that's what's great about music, you know, is that uh, it it might not be the best album ever, but if if you can connect it with like memories of like childhood or like having a great time with your friends, you know, or a significant other taking a road trip to the concert, seeing them live, you know, I mean, there's so many things that music can do. Um, and then it's not, no one has ever fucking said, I hate music, right? Like, nope, I hate all music, all of it. There's not one good, you know, well, they're fucking lying. Have you I ever, don't give a fuck. Have you ever heard of the band, uh, Replacements? Yep. They wrote a song called I Hate Music. Or actually, no, no, it wasn't. <laughs> Did they? Yeah, but it wasn't. Actually, I don't think the song was called I Hate Music. God, I'm going to get crucified because Replacements are one of those bands that has like just a rabid fan base. And so I, I, I don't remember if it's called I Hate Music, but I think the lyrics are to a song or I Hate Music. It's got too many chords. <laughs> oh, that's the most, <laughs> the most punk rock yeah. fucking line ever. Yeah. Uh, but um, anyway, Carl, <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, a great conversation. Um, I'm glad we touched on a lot of things that's kind of what this whole point of this podcast is is i want to you know we touched on a lot of things that were unexpected that's like i said i prefer to call these conversations instead of interviews um right but thanks makes for, sense i, I will definitely say if yeah if any of your listeners made it this far far into this episode because it's probably we're banging on two hours now yeah, almost, yeah 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 go listen to run the jewels for yes it is it is. I, I said this before before the album even dropped that it's going to be rap album of the year. Dude. I don't know what how else you're going to beat this album. No, it's no, it's like, it's it it's might even amazing. it might even be album of the year. Like period. I mean, who knows? It depends yeah. on what else we got to look forward to. But as of right now, I mean, dude, uh, I don't know if you saw it, but on my YouTube channel, I did a review of it, and I actually didn't want to do album reviews for a while. As soon as I heard Run the Jewels 4 was dropping, I was like, okay, yep. I got to do a fucking review of this. <laughs> you know, like... And yeah, dude, I, I started watching it. I got 10 minutes in, and then I got distracted by other things. But yeah, I, sure. uh, you know, I think I'm halfway through the review sure. so far. So that's good stuff. But yeah, no, it's... Uh, the only album I'm looking forward to this month is uh, Prof is coming out with a new album. Do you listen to Prof at all? Yeah, I'm, I, I've heard a little Rapper, bit of Prof. I got to uh, get more... Uh, I know he's on Rhyme Sayers, Atmosphere's label. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So um, yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm coming out. So, but yeah, awesome, dude. Well, I had fun. Yeah. Uh, no, me too. Yeah. Definitely. So, um, thank you for having me. I'm gonna go ahead and stop the recording right here.